Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we get together on Thursday mornings at 11 o'clock, talk about the market conditions that are ever-changing. I will hit on that. And then topical things that are that you really should know about the real estate market. Um, we are up to 4,700 realtors at Samson Properties, and this is sent out to them. So hopefully we can all learn from each other and get better. Now, it did come out this week that uh, Samson Properties is now the number one realtor um, in Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County. I would imagine that Long and Foster's probably been number one since the 60s, late 60s. So it's a big deal for Samson Properties showing the success that we've had over the years, thanks to Danny and Donnie and, and the staff that work over there to build it to 4,700 realtors, which is pretty incredible considering this is a family-owned company and uh, you know most of them are franchises or coming in from the West Coast or whatever. So, so let's get on to business. How's the week going? How is the contract? How's the market doing? Um, well, the buyers have not gone anywhere. So we threw, we had two houses on the market this week. Um, one house in the $1.25 million range. Um, that was a Vienna house that had 45 showings and it had eight contracts. So, you know, as far as is the market still there? Well, there's, there's seven people that didn't get the house. One person did get it. Um, there's 45 people, 44 left that actually are looking for a $1.25 million house. So this is a big deal. Um, it's a big deal because it shows us that are people back from the beach and is the buyer pool gone? The buyer pool is not gone. The buyer pool is right there. Um, the home did sell far over um, asking price. So whatever happened in May is still happening now. Whatever happened in June is still going on. So we did have a little break. Um, we did have a little break, but I think that's just for everybody getting to the beach uh, it's been two years since they had a vacation. So I think everybody needed a little time off, a little R&R. &R. So the second house we had, $1.8 million house, had 22 showings. That's a lot of people looking for a $1.8 plus million house. That did sell, that did have a bunch of contracts come in um, and it sold you know, way in excess of its list price. So is the market still there? The market's still there. Normally I will do a you know, some charts and graphs, but I'm, I'm not going to do that today. I think those are two signs, at least for me, that market hasn't gone anywhere. Market's as strong as ever. However, however, I will throw in this caveat. Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. If you price too high, if you price too high, you are not going to experience what we experienced this weekend. The goal is to get to 1.35. You want to get to 1.25, bring in a huge market that's what its appraised value is. That's what you put it in at. Let the buyers bid it up to where it needs to be. Now, today we're gonna to talk about the art of negotiating. You negotiate every day, seven to 10 times. I don't care whether your business, what your business is, whether it's running a household or running a, a clothing store or running, no matter what you do, whether you're an IT person or whatever, you negotiate every single day. Real estate agents have to be incredible negotiators because for us, there are tens and tens of thousands of dollars at stake. A mistake this last weekend could have cost a seller $70,000. We have to make sure that doesn't happen, right? You have to make sure you're good negotiators. So, you know, to the real estate agents that I'm talking to, you really need to focus on 
perfecting the art of the real estate negotiating. Okay. So let's, let's just start with some of the basics. The basics are this, we all get hardened. You're a listing agent, you know, 20, 40, 50 agents are coming at you. They have contracts. They're trying to muscle their way in. They're trying to, the number one most natural thing to do is be the assertive agent where you smash each other and, and, and butt heads, right? That is not what you want to do. That's not what, what we do. We, we really stress to be collaborators, not head-to-head -head negotiate. So in order to be a collaborator, we need to, and I'll tell you where it starts, and the most important negotiation of all is the seller, right? When we walk in and we're talking to a seller, a seller will have an opinion, and it may be the wrong opinion, unless he can trust you that you have a system, you have a... Uh, a strategy, a strategy that works, it's worked now, it's worked in the past. So if a seller trusts the agent, it will be a smooth transaction. If the seller does not trust the agent, it is going to be a horrendous transaction and one that we don't want to get involved in. Um, you know, every time I'll work with a friend and not, not every time I work with a friend, but um, I'm working with a friend clearly it should be at one number and it's not it's you know hundreds of thousands over that and normally you would just not take the listing but for a friend you go in anyways and you learn that you really you know the, the impact of what that's going to have so what we really need to do is establish the trust in the age in the seller once they trust us then we can guide them throughout the rest of this negotiation again you're not negotiating with the seller you're collaborating with the seller we need to break down the wall. So here's how I do it. And every agent is different. Every agent is going to have, you know, different ways in which they do things. So the way I get the seller to trust before we talk about anything, we talk about the track record, our track record. And, you know, you'll hear me say it, but, but when somebody gives me advice, I want to know the track record. What makes me want to trust you and your opinion? If I'm going to use that, I need to validate that. So, so what I do with the sellers is right away, we'll go to, um, to this chart. And this will show the sellers that the homes that we sold over a million are selling at 108% of list price, whereas the rest of the market is 101%. And then our set homes sell at 126% of assessment as opposed to 119, which is the average for the rest of the market. So this shows them that you have a 7% premium on our houses because this, the pricing strategy that I have may not be the same pricing strategy as other agents. What I'm showing is the strategy works and other signs that it works. Well, in June, we had eight sales that averaged 137,000 over list price. Then you need to show them your documentation that you have done these transactions similar to their home in their area and you've been successful at all those transactions. So this is showing that, you know, in June, our premium was 112% of, of assessment. And these are all the houses in their neighborhood that they know that they can feel comfortable about. And then I, and then I finish if we're in Vienna with this, that we've done 30, uh, 31.5 million in Vienna, whereas the top agent in Vienna from Weikert is at 9.2, Keller Williams is 9.1 and so on. So it's about a seven, $8 million average and ours is $31.5 million. So, so what we've done is we've established trust 
with the seller that what I'm about to say next is extremely important and, and, and the strategy we're going to use is important. So the first thing we need to do when we're negotiating is establish trust. And the most important negotiation is with the seller. If we price out at 1.35, we're going to win and we're going to win big. We price that house at 1.5, we're going to lose and we're going to lose big. So the most important negotiation is with the seller. And the most part of the important part of that is gaining their trust. So let's talk about negotiating and, and how we do it. So, so once we list a price and we launch the house and away we go, we have realtors coming in and now negotiations start really, really right out of the gate. Again, the negotiation strategy that we have is a collaborative, almost playful, where we are talking to the agents. When you talk to some agents that have a lot of people calling about a house, they use an assertive voice. They use a, um, I'm here and you're here and I'm gonna beat down on you voice. We don't wanna do that. We wanna make, they have information. We need that information. We want that information. So, so we'll use uh, techniques with them. First of all, the collaborative technique that we wanna all work together. Sure, we wanna get your clients in this house. We wanna get them your house too. Obviously I'm trying to get my sellers the top amount of money. So, you know, let's, let's talk about that. So the first technique we use is a mirroring technique. So we want information out of that, out of that seller. The seller may say, you know, they've been looking for a while. And instead of saying, oh, that's good. Our agents will use a mirror technique where they'll repeat the last three words. Looking for a while. Oh yeah. They've been at this for six months. They've looked in Vienna and you see how you're opening up the conversation. So now they're giving us more and more information that we will in turn use down the road somewhere in our contract negotiation. So looking for a while is one. They love the house. Love the house? Question mark? Really? And then let them talk. Oh my gosh, they, she flipped out over the kitchen. They love the backyard. They have to have a backyard. They have three dogs. They da 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 Again, more information. So all we're doing in that conversation is gathering as much information as we possibly can. Oh, they love the schools. Love the schools? Oh my gosh, they've been trying to get into Flint Hill for, oh, they love Madison High School. The kid is already in Madison. We rent here. We rent here? Oh yeah, they got a da 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 So again, our agents will be probing this, this phone call, not just, yeah, bring us your highest and best offer and that's it. We need to know. Now I'll tell you why we need to know. Um, we need to know where they're from. We need to know how many kids they have. We need to know what profession that they're in. In other words, we need a lot of information from this person. And the reason for that is we want as many of that person as humanly possible. We use geofencing, we use Google ads, we target buyers, we target where they're coming from. Yeah, they were looking in McLean, they just can't find what they want. McLean? Oh yeah, they like, they like McLean, but they you know, do Vienna. We just can't find the house and they'll expand on that. See, that was just mirroring. McLean? Really? So we will go back and if it is not selling right away, we need to know all that information. I'm going on a listing appointment that afternoon. So I need to know where is the buyer pool coming from? 50% is coming from out of town, DC, Alexandria, Virginia. 20% of it's coming from the different states. They're coming mostly from the West Coast. So we need to know that when we're doing our strategy. When an agent is talking to you, right? So let's just understand negotiation is 90% emotional, right? 
most realtors that are calling us are not professional negotiators. They're not, okay? So most of them, I got a buyer, I'm gonna find them a house, you know, sign this contract and we're in. What they don't realize is that a professional negotiator is pulling all this information out of them that we will use at a later time, right? So, so that is what's called the mirroring, okay? Now, you can go to a, a labeling kind of technique where you start off by saying, it sounds like schools are important to you and then let them expand on that. Now, now all of this is gonna come down because we're gonna start negotiating and then one contracts will be like, now remember, this is Madison High School. This is where you want, this is what they wanna do. You know, so as we have leverage over somebody, it is extremely important. Let me give you a perfect example. We have a house that's settling today and it is settling $130,000 over the um, appraised value. Well, how did we get to that number? Well, we got to that number because we knew certain information um, on the buyers, they loved it and where they lived and how, you know, everything about them. So we can use that information, right? So when I'm, you know, is it going to end up 100,000? Is it going to end up 130,000? going to end up 170,000? It all has to do with the kind of information I have. Now, as we're negotiating with them, we are not being the assertive. We are being now analytical. Now, when we're negotiating contracts, the, you're trying to get the emotions out of the conversation and you're just trying to use the analytics at getting it. Well, this is the value. Your people have a premium on this. They have a premium on schools. They do like that backyard. So we're just going to see how much people are willing to pay for those premiums, right? So we're dropping that on them as they're coming in to negotiate their contracts. Most agents, when they have multiple contracts, will play the high and mighty negotiating strategy. They've probably been on the receiving end where they've had one of eight contracts on a house and they didn't get it. Now they have a listing. Now they're going to browbeat all these other agents when they come in. Not our strategy. Want to collaborate with each one of them. Want all of them in. Want their highest and best offer. Want to, want to trigger all of their points, right? So now we get these contracts in. We're using the analytics to try and get that price as high as we possibly can. Now, now. We, we, we need to not get emotional at this point. Now we really drop into that analytical. So we're football coaches and, you know, I teach Billy and all our coaches that the wilder a game gets, the calmer you become. So you need to become very calm. You almost slip into what I call the midnight, you know, what Chris Voss calls the midnight, um, uh, midnight radio talk show host. You start talking slower. You start slowing things down. Remember, Everybody's at a high anxiety. Your sellers, your buyers, your buyer's agent. Buyer agent has had a house for $1.5 million before. There's $45,000 at stake for them. You know, their anxiety is high. The buyer's anxiety is high. The seller's anxiety is high. You have to be real calm. Then a real good negotiator will just drop it down. Become very calm, become very analytical. Do not remember, emotions will chase off a contract or turn off an agent. So we don't want to do that. I mean, we literally had a buyer that wanted a house and the agent was such a, such a, a hard person to deal with that, you know, it was a struggle and the buyers decided to go look elsewhere. So don't forget that emotions are everything. You have to keep everything. As long as the buyers all know that you're negotiating in good faith, if they think you're trying to play one against the other. So let me give you an example. 
in one contract negotiation, we had two contracts up in the 1.36s. The next closest contract to them was 1.3. If you mess with those two 1.36s, one may walk. And then the other, then you're stuck with a contract that will never you know, get the appraisal contingency they want. So I'm looking at that going, we really, really need this one contract, not the other contract. But I need the backup contract to force the, the one contract to stay where they are. So, so there is a, a, a trick, not a trick, but a negotiation strategy for how you keep both these guys involved. If we make this one mad, and this one doesn't appraise, we go back down to the 1.3 land, and now we're dealing, now we're losing 60 to $70,000. You need to be a professional negotiator. You need to, you agents I'm talking to now, you need to educate yourself. You need to get some sort of training on how you use, when you use an analytical, when you use a playful collaborative, you know, when you, you know, how you're gonna negotiate these things. But, but as everybody is getting nervous, everybody's anxiety is high, you drop it down. When you're dealing with a home inspection, trust me, this is the most high anxiety. A seller is saying, I'm not paying for anything. A buyer is saying, I'm on $50,000. The agent doesn't know what the hell to do. So now we've got to negotiate, even though we've only had one home inspection all year, you've, this is just unique. You've really got to know how to analytically drop that thing down. So we've had uh, a seller saying, you know, I'll fix what's broken. And a buyer saying, I want $50,000. And we end with just giving away the lawn furniture, right? So we went analytical on them. We said, okay, well, the home is worth 1.25 million. Um, not in the best of shape. You got it for 1.2 million. So you saved $50,000 on your contract. Well, you want 50 grand to fix things. Well, you already got $50,000 off. We're not going to do it twice. We're not going to do it twice. Very calm, very collect, not getting angry, not getting mad. Uh, remembering that 90% of this is emotional. So we want to show them, no, you, you know, you are at the right price. You know, you $50,000, your, your home inspector is correct. It's going to take about 50,000 to get up to speed, but we would have sold it for 1.25 at that point. So again, you know, by being very analytical about it, by getting emotional out, uh, emotions out, by just calming everybody down, right? Um, we got that through. So no money to the sellers, give them some lawn furniture. I think they wanted the, whatever you call those little things, and gnome in the, in the uh, thing as a throw in and, and the sellers decided they were taking that with them. So anyways, that is what I would call a pint of blood. You know, something very small to throw something in and that makes everybody feel good. And I won't give you 50 grand, but I'll give you a, I'll give you the no. I could probably replace that for 25 bucks. So anyways, that's the way we're extremely analytical when we deal with contracts. Uh, you know, first of all, you want to gather that information. Then you use that when you're doing your contracts, when you're negotiating your home inspection. Um, you know, all of that stuff is going to come to fruition. Now, something's going to go wrong and something's going to trigger uh, an event, right? And it could be whatever, name anything. It could trigger something. It could be during the contract negotiations. It could be during the home inspection release. It could be during the walkthrough. So prepare that there's going to be a problem. Okay, now, how do we handle a problem? There's a, a video on um, 
Uh, there's a video on the internet that you can just type in two dogs separated by a fence, right? And you'll see the fence is closed, the two dogs with their teeth out and barking and barking, wanting to kill themselves. They remove the fence. The two dogs calm down and look at each other, almost like they're buddies. You put the fence back in, they start growling and barking and barking and barking. Okay, so there's a fence there. Okay, what is that fence? The fence is email and text. That's the fence. So there's a problem. Now, the first thing we need to do is calm everybody down so we can find out what the problem really is. Okay, we need to probe and find out what the problem is. Can't do that in email, can't do that on text. Immediately give them a call or go over and see them. Sit down, let's talk about the problem. Let's find out what it really is. Now, at that point, you need to, or the agent, right? The agent may be freaking out. The seller may be freaking out. The buyers may be freaking out. So we need to get some nose to nose time or at least a phone conversation. And I think nose to nose is better. Let's go meet for a cup of coffee somewhere. Our job, just like the one hostage negotiator that I talked about years and years ago, when you're dealing in real estate, it's like a teeter totter. When he walks into a bank robbery, it's a teeter totter. The emotions are the high peak where they are. When there's a problem in real estate, it goes here. When you're doing contract negotiation, it goes here. When you're doing home inspection release, it goes here. So there are times when um, anxieties are extremely high, emotions are all over the place, and you need to calm everybody down. We just need to calm them down. That's when you go to your late night DJ voice. Morgan used it perfectly this weekend. We had getting ready for a walkthrough, you know, somebody's freaking out. And Morgan got real calm, real calm with the agent on the phone and talked to them and said, look, we're gonna get this thing to settle. Let's just relax. You know, you wanna get this thing through, I'm gonna get this thing through. And the agent can find her, yeah, just do this and, and we're good. Well, it started like the two dogs on the other side of the fence. Now we don't bark and they're barking. We just wanna remove the fence calm them down. We do that with a telephone. We do that with a cup of coffee. Let's go sit there. Let's probe. What exactly is the problem? Well, the wife loves the house and the husband, the husband's nervous. The husband's nervous. Well, he's, he's not really nervous. He's so we go back to mirroring. We're trying anytime you're trying to gather information or find out the source of the problem. We need to we need to probe and it may be two or three mirrors. We may go in there and, you know, I still haven't got there yet. And you're asking another question. All right. Well, uh, the husband said this landscape, landscape problem. Yeah. He thinks that this wasn't done and that wasn't done. Well, okay. I clearly understand that. Always understand what their, what their concern is. Don't blow off their concern. Don't say, ah, license contractor did it. Forget it. None of your business. No, we want to, again, like this, we want to collaborate and work together and get this thing to settlement. The agent's going to make money. The buyer's going to get a nice house. The seller wants to sell their house. Let's work together and let's get this thing done. But first, I need to know what exactly the problem is. So once we identify the problem, analytically, we solve the problem, solve the problem, come together, and let's come back and get this done. It cannot be done on email. It cannot be done on text. And whether it's the seller that may have a problem, let me tell you something. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. 
when they have, when they're selling the house, sometimes it may be whatever, a divorce, a death, a, a, ch a child is in trouble. They need to get out of here and go to their child. Every day they've got things going on that we don't know about and their stress level and anxiety level may be like this. We need to talk it through, talk it down, find out what it is, mirror the problem, solve the problem, collaborate on the problem and bring it back forth together. So it's not just accept contracts. There's a lot of things going on that we are gathering information. I can tell you when I was young, why we really get involved in this. When we were young, I was walking into a house with a client and the, uh, and I already had the contract written and the wife was there and the wife said, Oh, I hope you guys saw this house. We'd really love to sell it. And I, I, I didn't mirror at that point. I was that sophisticated. I just said, you, um, something like your husband and didn't know it. And she goes, yeah, he's down in South Carolina. We basically have a house down there and I miss him so much. I haven't been down there, you know, in a month and I really got to get this sold. So I, so I immediately went back, knocked $50,000 off our list, off our contract price. We made the offer, they accepted the offer and away she went. So that conversation cost her 50,000 bucks. I'll never forget as long as I live. So in a market like this, where the difference between making a hundred and well, let me, I just showed you the stat where or 7% higher than the average in Vienna, both on sales price over list price and on a, assessed value, sales price over assessed value. So clearly the strategy is making people, you know, 7%. If our average sales a million bucks, that's $70,000 a deal by being an expert negotiator, okay? And that's kind of how you do it. Now, the, the last part of it, which I had a, a few seconds ago in my mind that I wanted to close with, um, I'm getting a little older, so I think I forgot about it, but I might, I might bring it up later. But um, anyways, when you are dealing with, whether you're a seller dealing with an agent or an agent who's dealing with a seller and you're a Samson agent, you're trying to learn how to negotiate, are you doing contracts? Refer back to this, be quiet, learn how to stay calm and ask questions and know what you're looking for. Write that information down, use it at a later time. Know it when you see it, right? So our job is to not get upset, not get excited, not being assertive. Assertive is always wrong, leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. And, and I will tell you, look, I'm not going to get political, but I'm just going to tell you the negotiating strategy for Trump was jam it down the throat. Well, that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and is effective, but it leaves a bad taste. So that is not the kind of negotiating strategy that we work with. Ours is more of a uh, let's be friends and let's negotiate and let's collaborate and let's bring this thing out. Now, oh, okay, so so here's the here's the end. Here's why we get 7% more than everybody else. And this is what I was thinking about. When you come to contract negotiations, a buyer's agent wants to put in an escalation clause. We do not allow escalation clauses. Escalation clauses are good for buyers, bad for sellers. Clear example, we had a house on the market for $1.4 million. Buyer comes in, I'll give you $1.4 million and I'll escalate my contract $2,000 above the next closest contract. 
Well, the problem is there is no other contract. So we signal back to the agent as we do in all our contracts. We really want to work with your seller. We really want their highest and best offer, but we don't accept escalation clauses. So can you please bring us back our, our uh, you know, an escalation clause? Now, again, if we're jamming that down their throat, they may say, screw you, just take it, you know, take it what we, we sent. But instead, we convince them to bring back their highest best offer, which was $150,000 over list price. They bumped their contract $150,000 and took away the home inspection and took away. Why? Because we know they wanted that house really, really bad. We knew that they had four contracts that had already fallen through. We knew that they, you know, they were really wanted this house. Now, is it a riskier strategy to say, I only have one contract, but I need your highest and best offer. And, you know, we don't want this contract. Yes, absolutely. But because I think, I'm not sure it was Kelly, maybe it was Kelly, because Kelly had stored the information. She had already gathered that through mirroring and probing. She knew that they had to have that house. So we're ready to pull the trigger. Let's go, right? So, so it is how we get them to do highest and best is not jam it down their throat, but in a collaborative manner, say we do this with all of ours. It's a highest and best offer. We want your client to get the house as well. I mean, we don't want them to lose this house, but it is highest and best offers. Now, if, a, if you jam it down their throat, it's not gonna happen. Now you buyers, listen to me very carefully. You buyers, if you have an agent and they're using an escalation clause and they're trying to jam their contract down our throat, they go to the back of the line. Absolute back line. If, if you are dealing with a buyer agent that is assertive, I will get this regardless. I will make sure I get this. If you have somebody you think is a tough uh, negotiator, get rid of them. Samson agents, don't be tough to go. Don't come in like you're going to jam it down people's throat and you want this. And if you don't give us this by seven o'clock tonight, we're withdrawing this contract. As soon as somebody does that to us, we put that at the bottom of the line. And if I can get another contract, where the assertive agent is here and the collaborative agent is here, I'll go to the collaborative agent and go, can you bump that thing $10,000 so we can work with you instead of them? Because you know why? I'll tell you why. Because we're going to have multiple negotiations. Whether there's a home inspection or not, whether there's a walkthrough inspection or not, there's still going to be, whether an appraisal comes back low or not. Let's say I've got an assertive agent and they go for financing. Of course, the appraisal is going to come in low, right? So they're going to come back to us and they're going to try and jam it down and play hardball with us down the road. Not going to do it. Contract negotiation is the beginning of your relationship on the way to settlement. It's the beginning. You want to work with a collaborative agent. You do not want to work with an assertive agent. I'm going to be really clear on that. Okay. We're going to do a hundred deals a year and we will absolutely take the assertive agent and throw them in the, throw them at the bottom of the line and work with anybody other than that agent. Anyone, we have a blacklist. These are assertive agents. They try, they wanna play hardball. They wanna jam it down your throat. These are not the people we wanna work with. You can represent a buyer and be a collaborative agent. You can represent a seller and be a collaborative agent. We're all, we're all going for the same goal. We're trying to get the highest price possible. They're trying to get the house. It's just that simple. So, so this art of real estate negotiating is extremely important when it comes to getting that escalation clause out and getting the highest and best offers in 
the same weekend we did Kelly did that one on, on Silkwood the same weekend on Hunter Mill road, Morgan and Colby had a house, 950,000 had a few contracts, had one contract come in, one contract come in and they came in 175,000 over list price. Now, again, let me repeat, we had one contract come in and they bid 175,000 over themselves. No home inspection, no contingencies, no nothing. And all we were doing was trying to work with that agent and say, I want you to get this house too. But I got to tell you, it's been shown 46 times this weekend. 46 times, but only one person wrote a contract. It's been shown 46 times. I'll show you the thing. I want your clients to get this deal, but they got to bring me in their highest and best offer. We're working together on this. I want your client to get the deal. So instead of saying, just send us your highest and best offer, I don't know. That concludes the art of real estate negotiation. Whether you're a seller, you need to have a really good agent negotiate that. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. The one uh, example I just gave you was 150,000. I can tell you sometimes a seller is going to make a bad decision and we need to find out why are they making that bad decision. Again, remove the fence, pick up the phone or go see people and then you'll find out what is really the problem of why we're not doing, why we're not taking an analytical decision, you know, and, and making a bad decision. So again, 10, 15, 20, $100,000 is at stake. We need to be very good negotiators. All realtors do. If you're a Samson agent, please don't be an assertive agent trying to jam contracts down people's throats. Work with a listing agent. Say, look, my clients are interested. They really are. And you can use the reverse. You can use the absolute reverse. You can mirror that listing agent and go, you know, when they start talking about their sellers, use mirroring to get more information out of them. Maybe some things are more important than others. So have your mirror questions ready. Um, be a collaborator. Don't be a, you know, don't be assertive and, and you'll get more deals. I hope that helps. This has been Coffee with Casey, another Thursday at 11 o'clock. I'll be here next Thursday at 11 as well. If you need to reach me, I'm at Casey Sampson at Casey, I'm at Casey Sampson. I'm at Casey at CaseySampson.com. You can give me a call at 703-508-2535. And as of August the 11th or 12th, wherever we are right now, the market has gone nowhere. There are a lot of buyers out there. We had 46 or 45 buyers come through a house this weekend, generated seven or eight contracts. Another one, a big boy at 1.8, had like 22 showings. So the market's still going, still going hot and heavy. So uh, if you have any questions, give me a call. 703-508-2535. See you again next week. Bye now.